I'm Chris Barker. And I'm Will Betts, and this is the Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast. In this podcast, we speak with producers, DJs, audio engineers, and industry figureheads about their fantasy forever studio. The studio will have to be created within our semi-strict rules, and importantly, it's a studio our guests will have to live with forever. What are these rules? Well, our guests can select a computer, a DAW, and an audio interface first, then they can only choose six other bits of studio kit plus one luxury item. But Chris, what if they want a selection of plugins combined into, say, I don't know, a bundle? No, 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 no bundles! No bundles. That's right, no bundles. Joining us on the show is Barclay Crenshaw, known to the world as Claude Von Stroke, as well as being a regular headliner at clubs and festivals all over the world and making some iconic club tracks. He's also the founder of award-winning independent label Dirty Bird Records, home to Green Velvet, Justin Martin and more. And if that wasn't enough, he also releases, as he likes to call it, alien hip-hop instrumentals under his own name. And we know that he's a massive gearhead as well, so there's going to be loads to talk about. This is My Forever Studio with Claude Von Stroke. Welcome, Barkley. Thank you. Hello. Hi, guys. As soon as you started telling me the rules, I my mind immediately started thinking of the loopholes. <laughs> That's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> well, no bundles. No again. bundles. <laughs> okay, so what about... Stock plugins, fine. Stock plugins are included in the door. So, like, okay, okay. So that the DAW is very important. Then it sure is. Let's let's cycle back a bit first because um, is that something you do all the time when you hear the rules? You just figure out ways to break them immediately. <laughs> I literally, I literally, I think it is a problem of mine. <laughs> right. It's the first thing I started thinking. Like, oh, how can I get out of this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, more of that later, I'm sure. Um, I mean, the first the first thing we like to talk about on the My Forever Studio podcast, though, is is sort of where you would put this studio in the world. Because um, let, let's just you're not in San Francisco anymore, right? You're in LA. No, I'm in Los Angeles now. Yeah, because I mean, I met you many years ago, and it felt like you would never leave San Francisco at that point. You were, you loved it there. What changed? I do love it. It's a fantastic city. It's amazing. It's just not really. It's an outpost, believe it or not, in the U.S. for for music. Okay. Los Angeles really is the epicenter in Los Angeles and New York. And eventually, they break you down and make you come here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But San Francisco is beautiful. I love San Francisco. But you just can't. There's, there's only so far you can go there. That's all I'm going to say. Hmm. Okay. So... And you know, at the start of the podcast is where you would put your dream forever studio. If you had to put it anywhere in the world, where where would it be? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> just stay in LA and just put it like on a cliff in Malibu, <laughs> overlooking the ocean. Okay, that's cool. But the studio has its own house. Yeah, yeah. That's so we have a house. <laughs> okay, and then the studio is a house, and then there's like another house for guests. This is like a Russian nesting doll of studio house studio. Yes, okay, it's right. a compound. Well, I'm concerned that Barclay's already somehow bundled the <laughs> studio <house>. into three <laughs> houses, and he's bought this property that is multiple houses, oh like it's instant bundles. It's a, it's a house bundle. <laughs> no, As this is bundles. really not on the list of items, we're, we're going to let you get away with yeah, that. Yeah, you can have that. Okay. And what's the vibe? What's the vibe in the studio? I mean, you know, there's lots of different designs for a studio. How do you like your studio to be? Like, what does it need to look like? Do you like windows? Do you like basements? You know, spaceship style, wooden cabin. When I started out, I would have said that I wouldn't be isolated and dark, but now I feel like I would want a window. I want, to, and I want to be able to see hummingbirds. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, but ever since I started Dirty Bird. <laughs> I always see hummingbirds when I'm making music outside of the window. It's really okay. weird. Wherever I go. What frequency do they produce? Yeah. I don't, I don't mm. know. I can't hear them because they're outside and I'm inside. Maybe they're coming to your studio to try and like mate with your sub frequencies or something. They're just like, they're getting this call. It's, it could be. Yeah. I never even thought about that. Okay. I always thought it was a luck thing. I was like, oh, there's my lucky hummingbird. It's going to be a hit. There's the hummingbird. <laughs> <laughs> is this so you had this in san francisco and in la yeah and i see them all the time it's very strange unless you've got a really really specific version of synesthesia so instead of seeing colors you just see different yeah. birds <laughs> i have a disease when you start seeing vultures i don't think that's you know synesthesia. the wrong type of bird 
It's not the right patch. Well, we own chickens here. We okay. have chickens. Yeah. Yeah. They the just whole bird thing is, is getting out of hand. <laughs> Wait a second. So do you bring, do the chickens come with you to the Forever Studio? Yes. We would still have the chickens wandering around. Yeah. They'd have their own house as well, I'm sure. Yeah, they would. <laughs> Get a chicken coop. Oh my god! That's house number four. <laughs> okay, well, so we've got we've got the studio. It's it's on a cliff top in Malibu. There's chickens. There's hummingbirds. We've got that right. So when you say a, a cliff top in Malibu, then are we talking about one of these like super modern, like a 1960s modernist underpinned job? No, not like the Iron Man house. It would look, it would be a little bit less. I don't want it to be like uh, futuristic and then look like. It's a piece of junk in like five years, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's too futuristic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be a little bit more conservative, actually. Okay. okay. Maybe it would be like a East Coast like cottage from Connecticut or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why not? It's the fr- it's, it's your choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just just before we go down full into sort of like we're a real Take estate notes. podcast, <laughs> uh, let's 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 move on. All right. Yeah. To getting getting the free items, so you get the three free items out of the way first that every studio needs, which is a DAW, an audio interface, and and, and a computer to run it on. So, I mean, first thing we can do is talk about the computer. Are you Mac or PC, or would you go for something crazy in your Forever Studio like an Atari? I am Mac, although I'm Mac. I'm a begrudgingly I'm Mac. I I spent so much money on this new Mac, and it's kind of a piece of shit. And I don't really <laughs> like it that much. Like, just for example, we started a streaming, huge streaming channel this year because no one can do anything. Yeah. And I bought a PC mm-hmm. upstairs yeah. for like a fifth. And it's faster than this thing. And it's so irritating <laughs> that I'm almost ready to twitch. Ooh. But I'll go okay. Mac. So you can because I don't have any money restrictions, right? Nope. I'm just gonna go Mac and buy like the forty five thousand yeah. dollar version of the Mac, yeah. right? Perfect. Okay, I'm doing. I that. think uh, I think as you can imagine, that's quite a popular choice on the podcast. Everybody just goes, "Oh, I'll just get that." that yeah, for sure. How, the one that's got like a thousand dollar wheels or whatever. That, that one. Yeah, I have yeah. that Mac. Yeah. I just don't have the forty five thousand dollar version. I just have the way less down version. <laughs> but I bought it. Since I used to build PCs, I bought it totally stripped, and then I bought all the RAM and stuff aftermarket and put it in myself. Yeah. yeah. Loophole. There's your loophole. Yeah. loophole. What warranty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're on a Mac, and uh, what's what's the DAW going to be here? Because you said, you said you were thinking about being a rule break. I mean, what, what have you used over the years, and what do you use now DAW-wise? I started... Uh, an Acid, Sony Acid. And then I moved to Reason. When Reason was at 3.0, I made my first album. I, w- I made music forever. I actually started with just like Mark of the Unicorn and just like hardware recording. Yep. And I would record into uh, Soundforge. Nice. But over the years, I have... It's Ableton. There's no way around it. It's got to be Ableton. Okay. I just know it so well. So we got Ableton... What about the audio interface? It's another one of these Mac questions. I I have it and I hate it, but I love it. But I'm going with the UAD. Okay. Because there's no price. There's no price thing. Right. That's what bothers me because they're all like, your plugins are only $350 each, but, and now you're in this ecosystem and you can never get out. This is the, this is the question <laughs> though, because if you can't have any bundles. Oh, right. You can't have any plugins. Well, I mean, you can have plugins. Oh, I'd probably... Yeah, I wouldn't have this interface then. What's like the best? No bundles. I would have like the Prism or something, like the most crazy expensive. Isn't that like the nicest interface you can get or something? Is it something like called the... a Prism or something like that? Well, I, I think we've just uh, upsold some dreams there. <laughs> upsold your dreams. <laughs> upsold your dreams from the UA to the Prism. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going, you're going Prism. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. For sure. So You can have a Titan. A Titan. You have a Titan. Is that an antelope? You're welcome. Uh, that's the Prism. I believe that's their biggest uh Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it works. Honestly, I could honestly I could have the biggest piece of shit. It would be exactly the same. <laughs> I don't even really hear that much of a difference. I have like a... $100 sapphire upstairs, and I'm like, yeah, I could just make 
all my shit on this. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so there's your three items. They're the free. They're the free items that you got out of the way. I'm already done with my three. Yeah. Okay. But they're they're free, so they don't count towards. So now you've got six other items left to put in the studio, and they're the, they're the items in the studio that you're gonna have to make music on forever. That's a solid start. Do you though. talk about the actual room? Yeah, we can talk. We can, no, yeah, we that... can talk about the room. But you get. You... I think the room is like a big deal. Okay, let's. Let, well, that's kind of the, what we were talking about on the first question, like the vibe and stuff. I mean, let's yeah. go more into detail on that then. So, before we start talking individual bits of gear, the room is my biggest like lust because I've always been limited on my room. I started out in a bedroom with a guy pounding on the wall, right three inches behind me when I made my first records. Then I went into that room that you saw that's like a skinny hallway that you can't measure the base no matter what you do. And I remember you had really unreliable power, so you had to install ridiculous yeah. power because San Francisco's power kept cutting yeah, out or something. Exactly. And now I have another one of these like bedroom conversions. It's just, I fit everything in here, but barely. And what my number one thing that I would want would be just a giant room, like a room where you can put the speakers and then there's still like another 20 feet behind them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, P yeah. like Peter Gabriel's studio, basically. Yeah. You can walk around the whole studio. If you want to patch something, you go patch it in the back. Oh yeah. That's like that without dream, having to mm -hmm. kneel and like squeeze your body into the, <laughs> behind the desk. Yeah. And then... Everything would be in a circle, like Death Star kind of vibe. Like the desk would be a circle. You could just flap it open and then you're in the circle so that you can just get to everything by just spinning your chair around. You, you are kind of describing Real World Studios number one, Peter Gabriel's studio. I know. He has that in the middle, doesn't well, he? Well, there. I need to get in there. Get in there. It's just down the road from here. <laughs> I just don't want to have to go get anything. Yeah. That's it. Do you need like a motorized chair as part of this to just? No, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah. Doctor Evil, <laughs> <laughs> just wheeling around. <laughs> I like it. Just like, yeah. Okay. One million dollars. <laughs> yeah, and that's just the Mac. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Right. So. Let's start with item number one then of, of your studio. You've got the old interface. You've got the, you've got the those three free items that we discussed. So your first item off the list. I mean, you're going to need some speakers or some headphones, probably. Oh yeah, just right. Just put it out there. Ah, so I would take studio monitors and I would get. Uh, I don't know what the model number is, but I would get these PMC towers that they. Uh, I once had my fabric CD mastered and in London and I went in there and they just had the PMCs that are just standing up. They're taller than me. Was that a Metropolis, was it? It could have been Metropolis. Yeah. Probably. And I was just like, oh my God, listen to how shitty all my songs actually sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dream. <laughs> you could hear everything. What's the model number there, Will? A PMC? I think we're talking about the BB6 XBDA. I have this pair of key threes, which I really like, mm. and they make a tower of key yep. threes. Mm. But since it's got DSP, if you actually make them perfect, there's a delay and you can't make music. It's like you hit your pad and this song comes out uh, a quarter of a second later. Oh, wow. It's stupid. So I would have they would have to be an analog connection okay so they, i guess otherwise i do love these key threes because we've we had the key threes chosen at uh, strong room studios didn't they uh, yeah. when they were on the podcast uh, london studios called strong room uh they chose them yeah i've been there i recorded some of my barclay crenshaw oh, there you go. So they, oh, with nice. lady chan so, so yeah they they had them there though um but i guess when you're mixing it's not an issue because you're just right. playing back exactly and the delay doesn't matter it's just when you're performing in yeah they're beautiful ah. speakers they sound amazing why is it that speaker manufacturers always have like their models are like 277xy2s and then like audio interface go with like titan yeah i, I don't know or why. apollo because it's so much i can always remember like titan apollo i can't remember like 462yx i think you need to start working at a speaker company yeah we need to change that let's <laughs> Yeah, let's campaign for that. 
Let's yeah. cam- campaign for real names. <laughs> Maybe human names. Like Albert. Yeah. I'd get the yeah, the Genelec Alberts. <laughs> That's nice. The one thing the one thing that could go wrong with this choice is that uh if your speakers are too good, you actually don't know what it sounds like in real life. Have you ever suffered from that with mm. translation problems? Yes, because you almost have to listen to it on bad speakers, which everyone kind of has the avatone bad speakers, but I mean bad speakers that have bass. So what's your grot box then? What's the thing you listen on to so make like sure con- it works? like consumer speakers. I listen on the very first set of Mackie monitors that ever came out. I still uh-huh. have them. Those was eight. 824s or something, yeah. 824s. I still have those. They're not even grounded. <laughs> I still have them. They never break. Yeah, they were um, They were like a dance music staple for, in every studio for ages. Yeah, because they, they're good for bass. Yeah. They, they sound like the club. Yeah, they sound like a PA speaker, don't they? Just like smacking. They're yeah. totally wrong for studio, but they sound like the yeah. club, exactly. Nice. And also, that's a good thing for people to know if they've got a pair of Maggie HR 624s to just bang on any any Claude Von Stroke, and then you're, you're away, basically, aren't you? It's been approved, approved on this platform. Just to be the, uh, just to be the, the right. nerd there, it's the 824s. Oh, sorry, eight, I had 824s. The, I mistake. got the 624s. Right. The 624s are much, are like a cut down on the, they have a... They've got a weird hole yeah. in, like, the, the top of the base, like, yeah. Yeah, they don't actually go down as low, sorry, yeah. Oh, I see. Sorry to the person I, I sold them to. I think uh, there's <laughs> even, like, a smaller one than that, too, that's even worse. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the eight two fours just sound like they sound great. Um, check them out on eBay, all you club heads. They are a good. They're a good choice. Um, and they never break. No, no. At least mine never did. No. Well, even the six two fours. I mean, despite the sound, they. You know, I had them for twenty years or something, and they just sounded yeah, the same. It's, it's fine. crazy. Okay, so item number two in this forever studio it starts getting tough. Which is anything. It can be anything, but well, it has to be gear related. You want to get a microphone, a synth. What do you think? Oh, I have to buy, I have to use a microphone as one of my things. You don't? No, no, you can have whatever you want. No, I have to oh. because all of my sampling is microphone. It's usually my voice. Yeah, yeah. What, like the recent track with the, the interesting vocal sample? Oh, in yeah, except for that was not me. That was Wojtek from Cats and Dogs, even though you would think it was me. Ah. As soon as he sent me that, I was like, <laughs> oh, yes, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> And his explanation for what it means is even funnier. For those, if you don't know what it is, it's this track that goes raga daga daga daga. And his explanation is <laughs> go on. That's the sound that you make at the end of the night when you're super wasted and you nothing else can come out of your mouth except for raga daga raga daga. When you've had too much Polish vodka, maybe exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's the first thing that would come out of my mouth, but yes. Item number two. <laughs> oh, I have to think of an item. I need a microphone. Yeah, you need to think of the but microphone. Yeah. I don't even care if it's good. <laughs> <laughs> can I do it? Can I combo it? Or I can't. No, no, well, uh, no, uh, no, no bundles. No bundles. There's no exceptions. No. Um, hmm. What were you thinking? What was what yeah. were you thinking might There's, be the option? I was just going to put this little Roland VT4 okay, the voice on just like an average mic because it's very flexible and you can get a lot of different sounds and weird results. But we're seeing you now using the SM7 for this little remote recording. Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I just literally just pulled it. All I do for everything is I just go like this. And that's your sample. Go, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's like 90 percent of my thing honestly i do that so much and i used to have a really nice mic with a really nice preamp and i literally never touched it because i don't care it's just i just need the clean thing to go in and then i do it after everything after tell it you're going for this roland little roland mic then it's not a mic that's the problem i have to burn two things if i want to use that mm, well so i'm not going to get that i'm just going to use the preamps on the titan okay and i'm just going to get whatever the whatever nice microphone is i don't even know yeah. what's a nice microphone ah uh, u47 okay i'm getting a neumann u47 <laughs> oh how about why don't you get a, a browner vm1 okay 
That's a, that's a beautiful. I'll get a Browner VM1 going straight into the preamp of the sound interface with no external preamp. It's a good microphone just to go uh, into. <laughs> You never know. I might have a singer someday. Yeah, that's true. No, yeah, probably you got, not. You have you have forever. So it's. Uh... I mean, I did have rappers and everything on that last uh, the Barkley Crenshaw yeah, yeah. album. So we never know. But okay. I didn't do that in my own house. Tell us where you. Oh, that was so you did what strong room for that? You toured around for it. I only did the uh, Lady Chan track in strong room. Okay. I did a lot. I did it here at Clear Lake Studios with the Underachievers and Cam and China. The two hip hop tra- and uh, also I did a track with Cool Kids, but that was almost like a file trading. Okay, they did their their own session. And do you find that process of uh, do you prefer to be there in the room with the artist, or are you happy to just get those records in? for a hip hop track? Absolutely, because you're thinking of something and they're thinking of something, and you kind of have to agree on where you're trying to get to. Mm. But for just like sampling or whatever no it doesn't matter so so i have a mic how many items have i burned only two only two so you've got four four more left four more left and this is a studio you're gonna have to live with forever don't forget and it's gonna be on this podcast forever so people will hold okay. you to it you got loads of room <laughs> okay. as well so i'm not gonna get any external effects okay, okay. you're gonna use the stock plugins in ableton no, I was just looking. Oh. I was just looking at my external effects, thinking I'm not getting all these. <laughs> <laughs> these are all luxury items. Um, well, no, your your luxury item, just to be clear, is um, is a non gear related item. So we'll get to that at the end. But that's something that you ah. might want in the studio. That's that's not a geeky thing. Mm. Um, but let's get to that at the end. So item number three. Uh, okay. What's it gonna be? Um, it's gonna be the Prophet Six. Okay. Okay. Now nice. we're talking. My absolute favorite. My absolute favorite synth. The second I got it, I was like, this is the greatest synth I've ever owned. Instantly. And every time I turn it on, I love it. What do you, what do you love about it? It's just, it's creepy. It sounds creepy. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to, how to explain that. It sounds liquidy and creepy. And I... I know everyone's going to be like, oh, analog, but it actually sounds analog, if that's possible. And um, did you have any Dave Smith instruments or sequential as it is now before that? I actually have one after that. I have this brand new Pro 3. Okay. Which I'm not going to mm. pre, I'm not going to say because I haven't gotten deep into it, but I did not have this beautiful reaction. It sounds metallic and harsh, I feel like compared to the profit is that a good contrast though for your studio i guess but yes it is possibly good and it has all these wacky waveforms and things and it it's probably gonna end up being amazing but one thing that happens with me is if i don't love it instantly it kind of i never i that's why i haven't learned it's been here for like two months <laughs> i haven't done anything on it and you're in lockdown essentially so you've had all the time to learn it and you're still avoiding it you're still playing with the profit six <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> exactly. If I, if you said, oh, go make a song, I wouldn't even go over there. <laughs> but it's, it's, this is a major thing, right? This is with uh, synth manufacturers actually making the right presets that sound decent out of the box. Like, that's why the DX7 was so big, right? I mean, because it had great yeah. presets. Versus... No, I mean, for me to say that the Pro 3 can't make the sound that I want is absolutely insane. Of course it can. It's just that I hang out to noodle with it for 10 minutes to get there, where I just turn on the profit and I'm like, I like everything. That's very cool. That's very cool. <laughs> and so when you're starting tracks, then is that sort of, are you working from, this is a sound that I love and I'm going to do something with this? Or do you kind of have a, do you come from more a sense, like a, a song idea first and then you go to the profit? What, what, is, what does that process look like for you? Actually, my process has completely changed since the last time we had a conversation many, many years ago. Yeah. I now do like a football championship, as you would say, but I call it like the NCAA tournament, where I just make hundreds of loops, and then I get this program called Trello, mm-hmm. and they just like, this loop is better than this loop, it moves on. Yeah. Then it, you, this loop is better than this loop. It moves on. And then you kind of get down to like 10 loops out of 100. And then I was like, okay, these 10, I'm going to finish. And then I just, and those are just loop ideas. Using Trello for music production. 
This is a whole thing. I don't know if you guys Crazy. know Mike Monday, but you should totally interview him because this is his idea. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. amazing. Cool. Okay. But anyway, I like that. so idea. then I just have the ideas and then I just go from there and then I have no idea what's going to happen. That's a I don't similar of kind of, it's a different thing using Trello, but it's a similar process to uh, a few weeks ago we had Mason on the podcast and Mason was saying about how he, but he basically just says he goes in. He'll say that this week I'm just making demos and he'll make like 200 demos of 16 bar loops. And then he spends the next week going through them. So it's a similar kind of process where it's quantity first. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly okay. the same. You know, the thing is, it sounds so easy and it is so easy. It's just getting yourself to make the 200 loops. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason that it's not even hard to make the 200 loops. It's just hard to get yourself to make the 200 yeah. loops. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like a, a gym, like going to the gym for me. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh God, yeah. And how do you actually get to that then? How do you get to that point where you're like, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm making loops. And how many can you knock out in a day? That really depends on what I'm using. Oh, yeah, I just thought of one thing I would want. This really depends on what I'm using, whether I'm doing it on iPad in one of these apps or whether I'm doing it in my studio. If I'm doing it in my studio, the two or three loops mm -hmm. is like max. If I'm doing it on my iPad, I can probably do six, seven, eight, because I just do them in Gadget or iMachine. And I'm a big machine user in regular studio as well, but I'm not keeping it. So what do we have? For this. <laughs> I, I love machine, but I'm maybe I'm, it might, I might have to keep it. I don't know. I have so many jams that come out of machine. It's kind of like a door, though. I don't need two doors. Well, when do one door closes... I know. Oh, it's tough. It's, it's one of the tough decisions <laughs> to be made in the Forever Studio. What, what am I on? Three or four? This will be a fourth choice. Okay. This is also easy. iPad. <laughs> it's no, there's no, no... Oh, no. Okay. Okay. I think we've got to draw a line here because we had somebody... I think we allowed Matt Black yeah. to have an iPad because he wanted to have his own app that he'd designed. So if you have an app, uh, the loophole, which you, I'm, oh, yeah. I see you're a fan of, um, is that you get to have the <laughs> iPad for the app. Does that make sense as a rule? Are we happy with that? Oh, yeah. so I could pick one app and then I get the iPad. Yeah, I mean, it's it makes no sense. Yeah, I think one app. Yeah, I think that's fair because it's kind of oh, like... No, I'm not gonna I'm not going to get the iPad then. <laughs> because the iPad is good because mm. it has like a hundred crazy apps so yeah they would be a serious loophole yeah. it would totally blow this whole thing up because i would get a hundred extra yeah. things yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's no bundles remember it's like we don't want don't make us press the oh, no okay. bundles all right okay asm hydrosynth for sure nice that is a great choice this thing is another one of these things that when it came in i was like Oh my god. So how did you hear about it? I follow everything. Like I go to Nam. I follow all the loop pop, like all these guys that post all their tutorial videos every week. I can't remember all their names. Like Ricky Tinez and the guy from Sweden with Bo Beats. And oh, yeah. uh, all these guys. I follow all their channels and uh I just heard about it from one of those guys. But I was really, I had bought this, uh, what's that thing? The Deckard's Dream. Oh, yeah. The Black yeah. Corporation thing. The CSA clone. I immediately returned it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> because it's basically mono. Yeah. And it's really one thing only. Which, if I did have a millions of dollars, I would just be like, yeah, I'll just have like two Decker <laughs> Dreams and a stereo link, and they're $5,000 each. I love it. But it actually had a whole bunch of noise. It had a problem, but I was actually happy that it had a problem. So I was able to return it <laughs> because I was like, eh. I know everyone's like, you're an idiot. But the ASM Hydrothimp is way better. And it has this poly, the same poly uh, aftertouch thing where you're like moving your hands all over the keys and the thing, the sounds are changing That's and cool. it's crazy. And you can dial things in very easily, even if you don't know exactly what you're doing. 
the hierarchy of how they've laid out the knobs and everything is it's not easy, but you can always get to something amazing, which is all I care about. The synth choices are good so far. I'm, I'm, I think you've got. I think you're doing well here. Between those two synths, I could be done, except there would be no like beefy farty bass synth. That's my one missing. <laughs> the fabled beefy farty bass synth. <laughs> we need something beefy and farty, if possible. This is where this is where I don't know what to do because. He's looking around his studio. I don't know. It's a very interesting question. <laughs> I might get a drum machine. You're going all the hardware then. So I've I've noticed this. Like you're not you're not going to plugins or or you you're happy with the stock. Oh, I this isn't even including plug. No, you know what? I can do everything on the stock plugins. Ooh, Screw nice. the plugins. I can figure out the only things I really need to do in plugins is side chaining. Nice transients. There's no really good transient plugin in Ableton, is there? What exactly do you mean? What What are you doing with transients? So, like pulling the transients back or making them more uh, pronounced. So, what do you usually use that for? Like transient design or something? Yeah, but I usually use. I don't even know. I have to look it up. It's by uh, the UA one. Yeah, unfortunately, Oxford Envolution is insane. Oh uh, yeah, that is very cool. So is that going to be I, item number five? Because you've got the UA, as you might as well load a plugin onto it. I know he's got the uh, he's got the Titan. But I think you can get Involution <laughs> in native as well. You can get it on UA. I like this side of it. It's good watching you squirt. <laughs> I feel like I could figure out a way to do a transient designer in Ableton. Do you get Max for live? Yeah, if you get Sweet, you get Sweet. You've got Sweet, so it yeah. Oh yeah, forget it. I'm not getting any plugins then because <laughs> everything is in Max. Every weird ass plugin is in Max for live. <laughs> That you could ever think of. Max for Live has everything. We might need to revise this this rule at some point, Chris. Maybe next season we've got to take out Max for Live because it is a, it's a loophole. It's another. Well, not everybody is as conniving and schemious as Barkley, though. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody starts the podcast well with right. How can I get around these rules immediately? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a controversial item that only costs three hundred dollars. Okay, as my next item. This is item number five. It's the Drum Brute Impact. That is con- oh. yes, that is- it's amazing. It's fast. It sounds nasty. You even if you just take the pattern and put it back into Ableton and use drum replacement, the fact that you can whip up an incredible pattern in ten seconds. This is the best drum machine that there is. It's fast. It only has like eight sounds. It didn't get much hype, did it? When it well, it got hype, but then people didn't really go. It didn't get much love when it came out, and uh, it's got nothing going for it on the spec sheet. It's got nothing going for it. But in real life, <laughs> it's like in modern times, it's a piece of junk on the spec sheet. But it is the best. Okay, nice. And it sounds crazy. And has that made it onto some of your records recently? Yes, it's all over my Freaks and Beaks album. It has a distortion circuit at the end, which no other drum machine that I know of has a distortion circuit at the last part. Yeah, yeah. And it just sounds like you're... <laughs> it sounds like you're Paranoid London. You know that, you know that group? It's like really cool. So you can get quite, I guess it makes it quite ravey then with the distortion. Yeah. You can get it quite. But sometimes I'll just whip up an amazing pattern and then I'll just drum replace in Ableton, which is like one of the best techniques ever. Just whip up something in a sequencer that's not in Ableton and then just make, remake the pattern in Ableton with the MIDI replacement or the melody replacement or the drum replacement. I do that all that's the cool. time. And do you, do you sort of try those different modes to see what's going to be? Yes. Okay. Do you ever do that with, um, like you're, you're, you're saying about recording vocals, do you ever do that in using Ableton? So, you know, actually, I'm going to embarrass myself, but actually like, you know, into mics or whatever to get melodies and rhythms and then do replacements like that as well. I should do that more because that's a really good idea because I my brain is better than my studio skills. So like what I can think of is better than what I can make. So if I could, I should just do it. There's a, there's a whole technology around that now, isn't there? With that, is it? Yeah, I just, I saw, started to see some of those things where you can just sing into the microphone and it'll just make it into notes automatically. Yeah, and or MIDI or... All those ideas are amazing. 
honestly, I actually think I would be better producer if this actually came true, what we're doing right now. <laughs> Just because Limiting. if if I literally only had six things and you didn't give me the Max for Live suite, it would be better. It's just that I can't do it. I just can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> I'm just like, but look at that. It's so beautiful. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> it, would, it would solve your space issue. If you only had like three or four things, you'd have a lot more space. And I would be way better because I would know them all from top to bottom. I made my whole album on Reason 3 with a $75 keyboard. Yeah, and some some would say that's your best. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it probably is my best one. <laughs> no, no, no. I, dis- I disagree. But um, so item number five is the Arturia Drum Brute Impact. Yes, not the Drum Brute. Okay. I don't so like that one. Cheap- it doesn't sound as good. Interesting. And it's more money. Yeah, that's such a good tip. Final item. Final item. I mean, I am gonna I'm gonna break down and you guys are it's kind of a loophole again because it comes with tons of plugins. It's the native instruments machine. Okay, no, that's that's okay. I thought you were gonna say complete and then it would have been I just emailed them to try to get one for free. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, I don't have enough stuff in the studio. Question for you now. Would you go for the, the Machina Plus, which is at the time of recording just been announced? Okay. There's, here's the thing with that. The reason that I want to check that out is because I've been trying to figure out a dollar setup forever. And I just keep breaking down and saying, you know what? You're just wasting all your time. You need to just run this all out of the push and do the hardware setup like that the push which the buttons it's clunky it's the best thing ever but it's just not fun right that is an issue when something's not fun it's not as fun as machina but that's only because i actually took the time to learn machina's got its own like terminology why did they do that oh my god it's got like it's for example i don't know, like the groups and everything and how you how things get separated and it's all got its own german english hybrid name <laughs> that's not what everyone else uses i don't have a good example but just the way that i'm looking at it but it's not even on <laughs> the only thing that they have that's the same as everyone else is note repeat yeah i'm just i'm looking at mine here there's just the, the the file structure and stuff and the way that things are set up in the arrangement and all that is all a different name. But despite that, you're going to go for it. But would you like like Will said, would you go for the, the new one or would you stick with what you know? You know what? I would just keep this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Because I don't know. Does the new one do this also? It does, yeah. It does standalone and you can use it as... Oh, yeah. I'll just get the new one. <laughs> Upsell your dreams. I'll just get the new one. <laughs> And I don't want to get this as my last item, but I have to get it because it's responsible for so okay. many jams. It's just, it would be irresponsible <laughs> for me to not choose it. Listeners, <laughs> produce responsibly. And honestly, I don't know that many house producers that use it. It's a very big hip hop item. But whenever I talk to house producers, they're like, oh yeah, I always want to, I have it and I always want to get into it. But I don't know anybody that uses it as much as I do. I think when it first came out, people people were using it just just to literally take kicks and claps and stuff out of the library and, and you know but the library is very yeah, good. And then it just sort of fell that fell out, I guess. Then yeah, I, I agree. I think everybody has one. I have a little uh native instruments might be sad if they actually listen to this whole podcast, but I have a little workaround. Do, do, do. Go on. I have a loophole. If you want to use the machine kits in Ableton, there's a $25 plugin called Kit Maker, and you can literally make all the drum kits in Ableton. Ah, so but you still—I mean, Nate won't care because you still need to buy machine machina to do it, right? You do. I'm not a pirate. You know what? I pi- I'm gonna oh, okay. just be straight up with you. My first records, I had no money. I pirated every single piece of software that I used. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so now I pay, I pay for everything now. I do what they want you to do. You don't have any money. You try it out because you get it from some message board in China. And then eventually you're like, okay, I'm making money. I should buy it. I buy everything now. I have no cracks. 
It'd be unfair for me to have cracks now, I think. Maybe I'm just naive, but it, a lot of it surely has gone away because, I mean, I don't think like things like Cubase and stuff has been cracked for years. I think like dongles and a lot, there's a lot, it's a lot more difficult yeah. to do now. Oh, if you want to find it, you can, I'm not trying to tell you to go look for it, but if you want to find it, right. it is out there. Okay. I just haven't looked in a very long time. Yeah. For sure. It's just that we don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, reminding yeah. me of a funny conversation I had with another record label owner. I can't say the name of the track or the artist, but someone made a track here that sampled something famous. And a, another label owner called me to yell at me because he had illegally sampled it first. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, that was my illegal sample. But that's the thing. There's so many of that. This. <laughs> And I'm like, just listen to wow. your, just listen to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely things. I'm intrigued to know what was that point at which you went, uh, "We're going to not worry about the piracy." Anymore. It was well before everything became free and no one cared about anything. It was kind of in the middle of that, like, "Are we going to put audio lock on all of our tracks?" <laughs> like, yeah. I and are we going to like search out the leak? Yeah, right. I don't know. What year could that have been? 2012? What was the reasoning, though, for you? Were you thinking, like, it's just a cost-benefit analysis of, like, this isn't worth our time? Or is it, like, we want these tracks to be out there? No, so I just changed, I just changed my mind. I just said, right. the more people that have it, it's going to be more beneficial for everyone to have this track. It's like, if I could give my music away for free, I would. It's just that you got to try to make something because, like, what else is there? And it can backfire. Don't don't forget when you know everybody got the U two album for free. That wasn't right, and they had to have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. It's a dark day. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a whole thing of when people get something for free, they don't think it's worth anything. Yeah. Which is what's going on now. They get all their music for free, so they don't think it's worth anything. Which is kind of bad. Yes, it definitely is because we still have to work the same amount of hours to make the music it's just that no one cares when it comes out and the, the problem is as well is yeah that it becomes just like this kind of business card or flyer for your gig but then right there's a lot of great producers who don't want to dj and there's a yeah. lot of great producers that might not have ever dj'd um or are bad djs and they're going out and they're just doing it because that's the only way to get paid and there's it used to be quite cool where there was yeah and the and the other way around there's a lot of great DJs that don't get gigs as just pure DJs because they don't have great records yeah because they're not producers and that's a yeah it's a big changing thing wasn't it? I don't know what's going to happen with that but it is annoying yeah especially pandemic time when you know the whole the getting paid structure of your business has been taken away uh, and yeah. you know if you still were selling albums i mean my al my my latest album came out right as the pandemic started so i was like oh great <laughs> it was our 15 year birthday my album oh. came out and everyone was like nope nothing you can't go anywhere yeah man but yeah what can you do well on a more positive note let's uh, let's run down this forever studio what you've got so far before okay. we go on to your luxury album. and just check that you don't want to make any changes so will if you can uh, set the scene for us as you usually do we are in malibu <laughs> on a cliff edge <laughs> in an east coast cottage <laughs> surrounded by chickens within a compound full of hummingbirds <laughs> overlooking the pacific yes uh, sitting under your desk is a $45,000 Macintosh computer. <laughs> you have, you're running Ableton Suite, audio coming in and out of a Prism Titan. Your, your six items start with a, a pair of PMC BB6 floor-to-ceiling uh, monitors. Those are your mains. You have, for recording audio, you have a Browner VM1. Then for your your pads and your your spooky, creepy sounds, you have a Prophet Six, Carpenter Vibes. Then you have an ASM Hydrosynth for for more unusual synth sounds. Well, I feel like that can make any sound, but yes. Then for your drum machine, you have the hyper affordable Arturia Drum Brute Impact. Very nice choice. And then to keep your creative workflow moving, you have. The Machina Plus in standalone and 
attached to your computer. Fantastic. No, no changes? Happy with that. It sounds pretty good. I actually really like it. I think I could be successful with this. Yeah, I think so too. So let's talk about a luxury item. Now, your friends and family and your pets and the chickens and the hummingbirds, they're all there, so it's all good, you know. Um, but think about, is there anything that's moved from studio to studio with you every time that ne- isn't necessarily a piece of gear, like something that's always... Yeah, this is quite easy, actually. This is the easiest answer. Okay. Really unbelievably cool lighting. Go on. Just so you can create any mood, like your sad mood, your happy mood. You can change the colors. You can make it dark. You can make it daylight. You can make it blue. So you've got the kind of Philips Ambilight or something like that, one of those kind of systems in there. But it's like everywhere, like everything's backlit. All the faces of all the hardware are perfectly lit. So you can always see them, everything that's going on. It's just beautiful. And what is this? Uh, so do you have that right now? Anything even close to that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do have pretty good lighting. You can't really see it. Is, I do choose the blue lighting almost all the time. Yeah. But one of the LEDs is like flickering now and it's giving me like a eye twitch. <laughs> Yeah, you start getting migraine from it, yeah. I don't know. And it's so high up that I have to get a ladder, Uh, and and it's behind the desk, uh, so I I still haven't fixed it. It's probably like a $20 LED strip, and I just will not go up there, but I'm going to eventually. Congratulations on choosing a luxury item that nobody's chosen before, because... Oh, thank you. Usually people are in the I'm surprised. Well, usually it's coffee machines or... Oh, yeah. Rugs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. That's true. So, um... What's what's uh, let's 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 round off this podcast for today. But first, tell us. You know, you said the album came out just before. What's what is coming up? Have you, I mean, have you managed to work at all during this pandemic time? Is it? Yeah, I made lots of music. Uh, Cats and Dogs and I just had that record come out last Friday, and uh, I had a record with Mark Hool come out about a month and a half ago. And is there more coming? Mark Hool, who gave me my first crack software. <laughs> 25 years ago. Just pushing the blame on somebody else there. (laughs) And uh, I had another record that I'm solo. Right when we went into quarantine, I made that solo record about quarantine. And I made my own music video in my house with my own one single camera. Have you got more more coming towards Christmas for us? I've made more music, but everybody is like, can we push this for next year? Yeah. So I made a track with Steve Darko for his new album. He just pushed his album next year. And I'm making a track with Walker and Royce for their album. And their album just got pushed to next year. There's going to be so much. Basically, as soon as there's a vaccine, which we're all hoping for, yeah, then there'll be like 400 brand new albums released the week after one. <laughs> and loads of gigs and like crazy festivals. Yeah. I know. It's going to be bad. I, I almost forgot. I actually have a new track that's coming out on our Camp Out compilation, which is going to be called Dirty Bird Couch Out because it's going to be online. Yeah. No Camp Out. Yeah, Couch <laughs> uh, Out. That's cool. And that is with a brand new producer called Mike Kerrigan. It's pretty unknown. But you're a master at finding these unknowns and, you know. I love like, it. I remember what, what who, who, who like, eats everything. For, who's All these guys. Fisher. Yeah. Fisher, a lot, a lot of the, uh, a lot, a lot of where I am. Tim Green, much, Bristol, Breach. kind of, yeah, yeah. Who else? Style of Eye, yeah, yeah. Julio Bashmore, Julio Bashmore, of course, as well. Yeah. So there's lots of people that have come through here. Yeah, yeah. It's people don't really remember that sometimes. That a lot of, because I don't, because I don't tend to keep every. Like I just, they just come through and then they just do whatever they're yeah. going to do. Because I don't. I don't like to tie anyone down to anything. So it is true. A lot of people's first record is on Dirty Bird. Yeah. But they don't necessarily hang out. They'll play our shows and do fun stuff with us. But I'm really about breaking a lot of new sounds. That's my whole thing. I love it. I'm going to say, tell us the new ones. I got a new kid, a new kid that's coming up. Nicky Nair from Tennessee. Tennessee. He's like a breaks artist. But he does all kinds of stuff. He's really good. Just just got him. Corti from uh, Curitiba, Brazil, is one of our big ones. And Nala from Los Angeles. 
a female artist. And how how are you finding? Are you finding these just literally people messaging you, sending you demos the old school way, or are these kind of? Yeah, I still listen to every single demo. Whoa! So if I hear two or three things, four things. So like the Nikki Nair thing happened because Nala played a Nikki Nair track on her stream that I was sitting there directing the visuals. And I'm like, what was that one track you played at the beginning? She's like, oh, it's this guy, Nikki Nair. And I'm like, well, who the heck is Nikki Nair? Then I did a deep dive and I was like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. And I don't think anybody's ever heard of him. Amazing. So I called him up. And he's like, oh, hey, what's up? And then he sent me a folder of six tracks. And this has literally never happened. I loved five of the six tracks and signed all five of them, which is very rare. So that's what just happened with him. So look out for him, but it's going to take a minute. So it's not yeah. going to be out for a couple of months at least. Well, we got we got a bit of time till uh, till this will be till this will be out. So hopefully people will be discovering him by that time. Lastly, where can we get all the latest updates? Uh, just go to cloudvonstroke.com or dirtybird.com. And I just want to say we have a brand new TV network on Twitch, seven days a week of original programming. Oh wow! Whoa! For like at least five hours a day, it's kind of insane. We went overboard. <laughs> But all different kinds of artists from like the weirdest Justin J show where he's got guys playing like the saxophone with dolphins swimming in the background to Lebelski does it all live modular jam for two hours, which is unbelievable. Then there's like regular DJ sets and I have a show on Tuesday nights and you should just go and check it out. It's cool. Awesome. And we have a new couch out. So I've got the track Ragadaga that's out now. And then I have a track coming out on this compilation in like three weeks. Lovely stuff, man. Always great, great to see you. And uh, let's try and not leave it as long next time. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you very much. If you like the My Forever Studio podcast, make sure you subscribe using your favorite podcasting app and maybe give us a delicious five-star rating. No harm in that, right? No harm at all. Joining us next time is Koo the collaborative project from Grammy-winning superstar producers Riton and Alex Metric, whose debut single, How Could I Ever, recently came out on Diplo's label. And I wonder whether they'll be able to come to an agreement on their Forever Studio gear choices. Indeed, the problem of duos. Well, tune in and find out next week. Yes, thanks for listening, and catch you next time for more adventures into Studio Foreverdom. Bye-bye.